You please stand with me this morning as we read our sermon text today, which is taken from Luke, the first chapter, beginning with the 26th verse, reading in Jesus' name. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee in Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever in his kingdom. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How would this be since I am a virgin? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative, Elizabeth, in her old age has also conceived a son, and this in the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the gift, the gift of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the miracle, the miracle of your conception in the womb of the Virgin Mary. We thank you for who you are, our Savior our King. So Heavenly Father, I pray that that we would be wide awake, that we would be wide awake to the wonder of Christmas. As a child wakes up on Christmas morning with eyes wide open, wondering what's under the tree for me, Lord, may we be wide awake to the wonder of who you are and of what you have accomplished for us. So today I pray that you would give us eyes to see. May we see Jesus this morning. Give us ears to hear. May we hear Jesus this morning. And give us hearts that are completely open. That Jesus would come in, transform us, so that we would go as your willing servants. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Who here is excited for Christmas morning? How many of you have kids or you have had kids that like to get up really early on Christmas morning? On Christmas morning, my kids, they like to get up early. As soon as one of the kids wakes up, pretty soon all the kids, they're up. And they're just filled. They're just filled with excitement. Uh, They're filled with excitement to see what's under the tree. Um... 
On Christmas mornings, my kids are wide awake, wide awake in the reality of Christmas joy and of Christmas wonder. Me? Me? I need my coffee, I'll say that. And I need a little time to, get, to let my eyes focus and to get my head into the Christmas festivities. But my kids, they're, they're wide awake. They're excited. My prayer is that, that we would be wide awake to the reality of the gift of Jesus. That we would be filled with wonder and amazement once again because of who Jesus is and because of what Jesus has done for us. So today from our gospel lesson, we'll focus on the Virgin Mary and the child conceived in Mary's womb. First, let's look at Mary. The Virgin Mary. God had a plan from the beginning. God had a plan from the beginning, and that plan included a woman. A woman who would become pregnant with the promise of God, who would bring forth the Savior, who would bring forth the Messiah. Isaiah 7.14, Isaiah prophesied, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And Luke tells us the fulfillment of this prophecy, spoken hundreds of years ago, is fulfilled in Mary. Luke says, and the virgin's name was Mary. And what did the angel say to Mary? The angel said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Mary. Why? You have found favor with God. Mary had found favor with God. How did Mary find favor with God? Was it because of her own righteousness? Was it because Mary was, was better than all of the other virgins in Nazareth? I don't think so. Mary was an ordinary person. Mary was an ordinary person like you and I. No different from us. And Mary also inherited the same broken, sinful nature with which we, we are all born. Yet Mary found favor with God. So how did Mary find favor with God? I think that the Apostle Paul has the answer for us in Ephesians chapter 2, verses uh, 8 and 9. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, we actually learn how we find favor with God, too. St. Paul says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. Here's the key. It is the gift of God. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one... May both. So Mary found favor with God. How did she find favor with God? Well, the Bible teaches that we receive favor with God by grace through faith. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not of yourselves. This is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God. Mary found favor with God in the same way that you have found favor favor with God. You have found favor with God. 
not because of your goodness, not because of your devotion, but because of God's love and grace. It's because of God's love and grace that you have favor with him. You can't earn God's favor. You can't earn God's favor by your goodness. You cannot do enough good works to earn or to find favor with God. God's favor is a gift of his grace through faith in Jesus. So Mary found favor with God. Not because she was better than others, but because of the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, Mary believed. And because she believed, because she trusted in Jesus alone, she received God's favor. So she received God's favor, grace. She was chosen by God to give birth, to give birth to the Messiah, to care for the Son of God, to raise up God's one and only Son, Jesus Christ. So Mary found favor with God by grace through faith. She was given the gift of a supernatural pregnancy, So now let's focus on the child. Who was the child supernaturally conceived in the womb of Mary? Well, the angel Gabriel said four things to Mary about Jesus. First of all, the angel Gabriel said that he is to be called Jesus. That his name is to be Jesus. And his name is very significant because his name actually tells us about his mission. So the angel says, call his name Jesus. The angel Gabriel says that he is the son of the Most High, that he is the son of God. The angel also said that he is the rightful heir to David's throne. And the angel said that his kingdom, his kingdom is eternal. So first, the angel said, call his name Jesus. Call his name Jesus. Why is the name Jesus important? Well, did you know that the name Jesus literally means God saves? Yeshua, God saves. His name tells us his mission. He came as Savior. He came as your Savior. So name him Jesus, which means God saves. Second, not only is Jesus Savior, but the angel Gabriel also said to Mary, he is the son of the Most High. In other words, the baby that will be conceived in your womb, Mary, will be true God. True God, the son of God. He is God's one and only son. Not the son of Joseph. Not the son of of any other human being. The baby conceived within your womb is going to be conceived of the Holy Spirit. So we know that that some miraculous thing happened within the womb of the Virgin Mary, and she became pregnant with the Son of the Most High. She became pregnant with the Son of God. So his name is Jesus, the Savior. He's the Son of of the Most High. That means God is his Father. Third, what will Jesus do? 
What is his purpose? Who is the Savior? The Son of the Most High, what is his mission? Well, the angel says that he will reign eternally as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is Savior. He is God's one and only Son. And he is a king. And his kingdom will be forever. When we think about the virgin birth, if we look at this purely from, from a scientific point of view, we'll say, impossible. And that's what many people say, impossible. I had a guy that I was talking with, and we talked about uh, spiritual things, and he says, you know what, you, you Christians are crazy. You believe crazy things. And some people would say, yeah, it's crazy. It's impossible. You guys are crazy, and you believe in some crazy stuff. Well, we actually do believe that, that Jesus' earthly life started with the impossible, and his earthly life finished with the impossible. Jesus' earthly ministry started with the virgin birth, and then his earthly ministry ended with his resurrection from the tomb. So from the virgin's womb to the empty tomb, there's the ministry and the life of Jesus. So we are a people who believe in a God who, who performs and does the impossible. If he created the universe out of nothing, certainly he can create life within the womb of the virgin. Certainly he can raise the dead. You see, our gospel lesson says that nothing is impossible with God. And if nothing is impossible with God, then Mary, a virgin, can conceive. And Jesus can raise, be raised from the dead. So his name is Jesus, meaning God saves. He is the Son of the Most High. That means that God is his Father. And he will reign as king over an eternal kingdom. So the one conceived within the womb of the Virgin Mary is truly unique, special. He's for you, and he's for me. And today, through faith in Jesus, you are saved. Through faith in Jesus, your sins are forgiven. And through faith in Jesus, you are a citizen of his kingdom. You see, Jesus was born as a savior for you. Trust in him and you're saved. Your sins are forgiven. You're rescued out of the dominion of darkness and brought into the kingdom of his son whom he loves. You're a citizen of his eternal kingdom which will have no end. How? How is this impossible thing given to you? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Mary found favor with God by grace through faith. All of these things that are true of Jesus, his salvation, being the Son of God who reigns eternally and gives his kingdom to you, it comes to you by grace through faith. You have found favor with God, not because of your goodness, not because of your righteousness, but by grace. 
Mary believed, and you believe. You listening to me today, whether you're here in the sanctuary or joining, many of you joining with us online, you believe. You trust in Jesus. You're saved. But now I want to talk about the fruit of belief. Mary found favor with God. The one conceived in her womb is the Savior. All who trust in the Savior are forgiven and brought into the kingdom. But now, now that we're saved, what is the fruit of that salvation? What is the fruit of that faith? And I believe that Mary demonstrates the fruit of saving faith beautifully in her response at the end of our reading today. After the angel Gabriel announced this extraordinary news to the Virgin Mary, she responded. Listen to how the Virgin Mary responded to the word, to the message of the angel. She said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. That's how we respond. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. A miracle. The virgin birth. Jesus, Savior, Son of God, a King who reigns eternally, who saves us, forgives us of our sins and brings us into his kingdom. What is our response to that gift? Well, our response is the same as that of Mary. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it, me, let it be to me according to your word. You see, the fruit of faith is obedience. In the same way Mary was obedient to this great message, we too are called to obedience. Remember, obedience can't save you. Being obedient can't get you into heaven. Heaven's a free gift. We can't earn it, nor can we deserve it. That's why Jesus came. He died and rose again to pay for our sins and to purchase our salvation. Our obedience doesn't save us, but, but obedience follows true saving faith. So the, the Christian who believes is going to live a life of obedience as an act of worship and gratitude for what God has done for them. The believer obeys God. Obedience is the response of faith. Obedience says, God, I'm your servant. I'm your servant. Let it be to me according to your word. Not according to what I want for my life, but according to the truth of your word. Those trusting in Jesus, you know how amazing his grace is. He favors you. Not because of your goodness. He favors you by grace. And you listening to me today, you are those who have experienced the grace of God. And, and today you respond, behold, I am your servant. Let it be to me according to your word. Was it easy for Mary to say this? Think about it. Was it easy for Mary to say, behold, I am the servant of the Lord? Let it be to me according to your word. This isn't easy. And Jesus said it wouldn't be easy. I think Mary understood the, the road ahead was going to be hard. I think she understood the pain of obedience. 
It must have been difficult to be pregnant by someone other than the man to whom she was engaged. Remember, she lived in family and community, and she was pregnant, but she wasn't married. And then she was Jewish. And the Levitical law said that because of her, because of of this very fact that she was pregnant, that she could have been accused of committing adultery, which was a capital offense. So she carried this this burden of of being pregnant. People didn't understand. I don't think people would understand it today if a a young girl came in and and said that, that my pregnancy is an immaculate conception. We would all doubt that, right? So Mary had this this difficulty of being pregnant without being married. And then there was also pain that she wasn't aware of. How about delivering a baby in less than ideal conditions? Remember where Jesus was born? Jesus was born in the part of the house where the animals stayed. And Jesus was laid in a manger. And then, not only was, was she pregnant and did she have to, to go through the, the process of labor and delivery in a manger, but, but then they had to flee as refugees to a foreign land. Remember, in order to escape death by the hand of Herod, they had to go to Egypt. And then, as, as Jesus began his ministry and went through his ministry, it became more and more evident that the authorities were against Jesus. And then Mary watched Jesus be crucified, go through the agony and the the horror of crucifixion. And with, with knowledge of at least some of these difficult realities, Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. She didn't understand everything that was going to happen, but but she knew that the road ahead, that the road of obedience was going to be difficult, that it would be painful. And as a follower of Jesus, you too are called to say, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And I hope you know that that means that Life is going to be hard sometimes. It's hard to say no to the world. It's hard to say no to your sinful nature and to say yes to Jesus. It's easy to serve the world. It's it's easy to serve sin. But to serve Jesus is, is not easy. But in comparison to all that Jesus has done for us, Jesus, our Savior, Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus, the King, Jesus, whose King is eternal, Jesus, who gives us favor through, by grace through faith. It actually becomes our joy to serve Jesus, to become his servants, even though serving him is not easy. You see, he's a loving king. He's not a cruel king. For us who have been saved and who have been brought into his eternal kingdom, to say, behold, I am the servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word, that is actually our joy. It is our privilege 
Because of everything that Jesus has done for us, it is our joy to serve him. Even though, as Jesus said, it costs us. We serve with joy because the gift of Jesus eclipses the momentary hardships of obedience. The gift of Jesus is so much greater than the momentary hardships that we face in this life that we say yes to Jesus. We say yes to obedience. We say, yes, I am your servant. Let it be to me according to your word. So my prayer for you today is that, like kids, wide awake on Christmas morning, those kids will wake up. As soon as it it pops into their mind that it's Christmas morning, the whole house will be up, the whole house will be stirring. The kids will be filled with wonder and amazement. What gift is under the tree for me? May we be wide awake to these realities too. What gift has Jesus prepared for us in his eternal kingdom? So maybe, may we be wide awake to the reality of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done and what Jesus has prepared for us in his eternal kingdom. Let us pray together. Lord, you have accomplished so much for us. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that we have favor with you, not because of what we have done, but it's by grace through faith. We thank you that uh, Jesus was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, born as our Savior, the Son of God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, in a kingdom that's eternal. Thank you for bringing us into this kingdom. And Lord, may the joy of being in your kingdom, may that eclipse any of the hardships, any of the difficulty, when we too say, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.